0: All right, well, here's what we have for this morning. This is, I've said a couple times, it's a special morning. Uh, We're in between right now. We just came out of a uh, a four-week series in the epistles of John. So first, second, and third John. And we're about to go into uh, a seven-week series that's gonna take us right up to Easter in the gospel of John. And we're gonna be looking at uh, who did Jesus say that he was? what was Jesus' self-revelation about himself? Because there's lots of of images of Jesus, lots of, uh, of ways that Jesus is depicted in our world and even by us as his followers. But what did Jesus say? And we're gonna just anchor into the authentic Jesus. In between these two series, we've built in a pause Sunday. We call it a Selah Sunday. And Selah is a word you find in the Psalms. Uh, commentators and interpreters of scripture, they actually don't know exactly what it means because I believe it's the, it's the, it's the one place you find it in, in scripture is in the Psalms. And so it's this word called Selah, but the way it's used, commentators say, basically the way it's used is to build in an, an intentional pause to reflect and then to out of that reflection to celebrate. So to pause and, and consider what's just been said in the Psalms, it often shows up in the middle of the Psalm. So pause and consider what's just been said about, about God's nature, about God's character. Let's pause and reflect on that. And now let's move into a place of celebration. And so today's, today, what we're gonna be doing is we're gonna be cultivating eyes to recognize the ways that God's at work within our church family. We're a, we're a spiritual family on mission together. And so what are the ways that God is at work just amongst us? And you know, it's so easy to recognize the, the negative things that are happening in our world and, and all the things that fill our news feeds. But when we pause to, to consider where God is at work, it does a couple of things. One is it helps us to celebrate those things, even in the midst of circumstances that are maybe difficult. Many of us are going through very difficult things. But as we, as we hear what God's doing, it gives us a chance to celebrate him and it also cultivates an expectation in our heart that, that God, I wanna see more of that. God, as I hear these stories about where you're breaking into those circumstances, I wanna see that in my life. And so this is about us celebrating and about us cultivating expectation and about us pausing before we go into our next series, just to reflect on where God's at work today. So um, I'm gonna invite uh, Terry Voitsberger to come up and, um, and also Sharon Pryor. Terry's gonna be facilitating today. Many of you know Terry, he, uh, he leads our 301 equipping environment and is a significant leader within our prayer ministry. Uh, Terry also uh, was pastor to Vineyard Church in Southern California. So um, we're so, uh, Terry and his wife, Wendy, are such a blessing to our church. They are a gift to us. <laughs> so Terry's gonna facilitate this time. And we're gonna start with hearing from Sharon who just recently returned from Uganda. Is that correct? A week ago, fresh from Uganda. And Sharon has spent, she's, this right now marks 50 years that she has been engaged in vocational missionary living, which means, yeah, which means she walked away from a a career with a known paycheck and said, God, I'm just going to give you my life and entrust you to provide. She has amazing stories. There's a book out in the bookstore you can pick up that is, is story, the story of Sharon and, and her best friend, Esther, that they did ministry together. But amazing stories of just how they saw God move through that act of faith of their lives. But um, we're just gonna pray over Sharon as we, as we start this time. So can you do that? Lord Jesus, we thank you for Sharon's life. We thank you for the legacy. Uh, and all the places in the world where your fingerprints have been extended through her. The, all the places where she's made you visible with, uh, with Esther, but also now uh, traveling singly. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you are doing. Thank you for what you will bring to completion. Uh, we pray for your empowering grace as we, as we read this morning about the, the grace that saves us and, and continues to give us the empowerment to live who you've called us to be. We ask for your grace to envelop and saturate and permeate Sharon's life. We ask you to restore her physically. Would you strengthen her physical body? Would you give her wisdom to turn off her phone? <laughs> Significant times of prayer. <laughs> And we do, we celebrate, we celebrate Sharon's life. And we pray that the things, the seeds that have been planted through her faithfulness would bear kingdom fruit, 100 fold. For your glory, uh, for the joy of those who respond and uh, for the sake of the world. Amen.
1: So that was my fifth medical appointment since I returned, reminding me to show up on Tuesday. Um, I want to continue in the series that I started in August. Not really, not really. Uh, But I do want to give you a commercial. I brought back some freshly roasted coffee, dark roast coffee from Uganda. If you'd like to help a missionary who wants to pay the utilities for his family in Uganda, I got some great coffee for you. Only seven packages. So the first seven people that talk to me, they're in. Okay, so I'm looking at Mark chapter 14. Now Jesus was in Bethany. This is verse three, in the home of Simon, a man Jesus had healed of leprosy. And as he was reclining at the table, a woman came into the house holding an alabaster flask. It was filled with the highest quality of fragrant and expensive oil. She walked right up to Jesus. This is the um, Passion Translation. And with a gesture of extreme devotion, she broke the flask and poured out the precious oil over his head. Then down to verse eight. When she poured the fragrant oil over me, Jesus said, she was preparing my body in advance for my burial. She has done all that she could to honor me. I promise you that as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in memory of her. So this, Last 60 days, completed my fourth trip in 13 months to Uganda. And I've been, <laughs> thanks for your prayers. And uh, through those times, I've experienced incredibly good health. In fact, I've felt better than I have here. So I went, wow, this is amazing, until this trip. So on Christmas Eve, I just got instantly sick, like maybe some of you did too, with a COVID like virus. Uh, same in Africa as here wham, bam, cough for three weeks and go through all kinds of cough syrup trying to, to get well and just you know barely, barely get back to the surface. So as I healed uh, from that, well first it, I got to meet a man that I'd heard about for years, Dr. Edrin. He's a Muslim man, uh, Ugandan, actually raised in a Catholic home but he couldn't see any Christian who lived up to what they said they believed, so he converted to Islam. Sila, ponder that, huh? So I got to meet him because he's been such an incredible help to some of my friends. And that was not the way I wanted to meet him, but he helped me and um, his clinic, I have a picture. Can you put the picture up of his clinic, please? Sound booth, somebody? There it is, great, great, thank you. Um, Little clinic off the side of the dirt road there, simple little clinic. And I got to go in and and meet him and and, uh, that was good. So get over the cough, all of a sudden, several weeks later, I I woke up and I thought, oh, I've hit the wall. Wow, maybe 60 days is too long. I don't know, I I can hardly move. But my friend, the missionary who's lived there for, for, for years said, she took a look at my eyes and she said, we have to go to the doctor right now. So she took me in to Dr. Edrin again. He actually works in Kampala, the capital, but he has this clinic that he comes back one day a week so that the, his Catholic partner can have a day off. So I go into the clinic and he takes blood tests and he says, uh, okay, I think we need to get you on some IVs right away, You, your... Um, uh, Potassium's all off, you have a urinary tract infection, and you have a blood infection. Like, oh, so we go out the little plywood door from his office, take a right instead of a left to reception, and I'm immediately placed on a bed, and the IVs begin. So we had three IVs right away. He cordially invited me to return that afternoon for three more, and nothing was working. So the next morning he tried again and, he, and the blood test continued and he said, um, we, we're, we're not, it's not working here. Uh, we've gotta change things up. So he put me on two new antibiotics and then uh, he, he came in between his little uh, visits with other patients and said, I think we need to have an extra step here. I'm going to ask my nurse to come to your house tonight at 11 o'clock and give you another dose of antibiotics and then another, an additional dose at that time by oral uh, pill because we're just not making it here. So I looked at him and I said, are you asking me to come back to the clinic at 11 o'clock at night? That's dangerous. No, no, he laughed at me. He said, we go beyond the limits. And the Holy Spirit said to me, listen up here. And he said, I'm bringing the nurse to you and, and uh, that's not safe for her either. So we said, can can she have a male accompaniment on the back of the motorcycle at 11 o'clock at night to come to our house? Yes, yes, we'll do that. So at 11 o'clock that night, his nurse appears on the port of my arm, they put in a, an injection, they push, they call it the push, more antibiotics, and then the pill, and the next morning when I go back again, the uh, infection, and I wrote it down here because I knew I wouldn't remember the numbers, the, it was the, the nice little Catholic doctor and he said, he holds the, 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 we got the drip coming in my arm, he holds the paper and he goes, this is a miracle. I said, I like that word. <laughs> he, said, he said, your inflammation has gone from 48 to 12 in one day. And he just stood there and held that. I don't, I'm, I'm a musician, I'm not a, I'm not a medical person, but it sounded good to me. <laughs> Inflammation, 48 to 12, and he said the infection has gone 8.1 to 2.8. I went, glory to God, there are people praying for me. And I told him, there are people praying in four countries. He just stood there looking down at his paper going, this is a miracle, this is a miracle. So they kept putting good stuff in my body. But the last time that I was there when they wanted to make sure before I checked out of the country the next day that all that everything was still in order, the Holy Spirit nudged me and said, read the sign. I've got a second thing there. I don't know if you can read that or not. But this the sign of the clinic owned by this Muslim man says, because your life matters. And the Holy Spirit just grabbed me. And actually, I saw a picture of you. And, I, and it was back to this scripture of extreme devotion, of lavish devotion. And I wondered how many times, instead of pouring out extreme devotion on Jesus, of lavishing our love on Him, we just get by. And I wondered, I, I, I committed in my heart to look at every person I come across with extreme devotion and and pushing the limits, not trying to just get by in the relationships, but trying to lavish the love of Jesus on everyone he brings me across. And I was challenged by this Muslim doctor. I have another story about, about a Muslim that I wanna share, but I guess I get to wait till the 25th because Michael uh, has asked me if I would share at the mission luncheon. And uh, since I was 60 days away, I have more than one story. So, <laughs> love to see you at the end of the month. Yes.
2: You got it. Yeah. Because what was that, on the building, what was that again? because your life matters. That's something we all need to hear. We all need to hear that because our life matters. And that's what, like, yes, thank you, Lord. We worship you and we thank you for that. Lee, will you come up, please? Like uh, we talked about, we're gonna be ebbing and flowing into worship and testimonies. And uh, just to see what God's doing in our midst in this place. And it's so exciting. I, can we just like pause and say, God, we're expecting you to move in power this morning. Can we just say that? Like, God, we expect you to move in power this morning. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Lee, take it.
3: Okay, my name's Lee Axelson. I have worked at the food pantry for the last 13 years. What we're seeing right now... What we're seeing right now is a remarkable thing. We are averaging between 160 and 170 families, two times a week. Those families average five to six people per family. We're feeding a lot of people. And it takes a lot of food. And I'd like to have each and every one of you come and visit us one day and meet our remarkable, remarkable pantry family. I have seen things there. I have seen people saved. I have seen people healed. I have seen people come to Christ. And I have seen God provide food for all those people. And it's... It's just a remarkable thing how every week God gives us an abundance of food for those people and for the love that he gives to those people. And I'd like to also take this moment to thank our intake people and our prayer people for yesterday. Those people stood out in the rain and the snow for four hours and checked people in and prayed for people. God bless you all. (laughs) And then I have something else to share. A week ago Friday, we got in a tremendous amount of food, and I was in a hurry, I was walking really fast, and I caught my toe on a pallet, and I went down on my left side, and I went down hard. I went down like this. I hit my hip, I hit my shoulder, my elbow, my hand, and my knee. Well, (laughs) on my right side, to try to stabilize myself, there was a trash can. I grabbed for the trash can. It had wheels on it, so that didn't work too well. (laughs) So I went down with the trash can on the right side. I hit my right chest, my arm, and the side of my face. And the next thing I remember, there were a lot of people screeching me up off the floor. I was kind of dazed. And Steve, where's Steve? Our wonderful pastor pantry (laughs) came over and he and a bunch of people laid hands on me and prayed for me. Saturday morning when I I first woke up, I thought, oh my God, this is gonna be terrible. I bruised so badly, I'm gonna be bruised and I'm not gonna be able to move. I got out of bed. I had absolutely no pain. And I didn't have one bruise on my body, not one. And I fell hard. And I thought, God caught me. God caught me on the way down. And then I also realized that there have been different times in my life and different circumstances where I've stumbled and I've fallen, and God has always been there and caught me. And I just want to thank God for His love, His kindness, His goodness, and His mercy, and for always, always being there for me. And God bless all of you. Yes. Thank you, I didn't want to fall again.
2: No. (laughs) As, as Rudy and Jerry come up, let's just uh, celebrate that again, that we have a God that heals. Uh, oh, you did that. You did that better than Jerry probably will.
4: Huh? I resemble
2: that.
4: <laughs> Hi, I'm Jerry, but this is my, my friend Rudy. And
5: Hello. how you doing, folks? I just wanted to say, before I give my testimony, is that I am doing this today, which is going to be my first time in my whole life, that I'm doing it to give my testimony on this one year and a half that I've been here, how much my life has changed because of my Jesus upstairs. Yeah. So
4: I'm just up here because... Uh, uh, Rudy and I, uh, we didn't know each other a year and a half ago, but we've become uh, good friends since then. Yes. And I told him I'd come up and, in support of him. So, blessing. <laughs> so what what got you here in the first
5: place? Well, uh, a year and a half ago, I got fired uh, from a warehouse job that I had for two and a half years. Uh, the, the management changed, the owners changed. And see, since I'm physically disciplined, have disabilities, Um, they they, uh, compensated for me that. But the new management and the owners, they did not. So one morning on a Wednesday at 9.30, they told me that I am just not cut out for this job now. And he said, I will have to just ask you to go home. Okay, and this was on a Wednesday morning, which normally, because I've, I've always been targeted ever since I got disabled. So I, it was ongoing thing about being fired just right on the spot. Um, so normally, I would just get mad, drive to the first liquor store I could see, and um, just get drunk that whole day. I mean, that was, that was my remedy for the last 61 years. Okay, um, but this time I told myself, when I got in my car to leave out that parking lot, I told myself, you know what? I'm going to the vineyard. I'll, I came to the vineyard only for prayer. That's it, just prayer, because I needed some guidance because I'm 63 and I'm disabled and I did not know what, uh, what I was gonna do. And um, so I got prayed on through Terry and um, David for about a half an hour. And then um, on top of that, now because Cora is the one that stopped me from going out the door, because I was going out the door, because she gave me the telephone number to the pastor on call. So I didn't get an answer that day. And as soon as I started leaving out the door, she called me back. And she said, "Excuse me, sir. I think I can, I'll let me just make sure I can find you some money to pray for you." So I got prayed on. She got me uh, Alverson's gift card for twenty-five dollars, and also being Wednesday, I had the food bank. So not only I got prayer, but I got food and a new family. After that. Yeah. So Rudy, I know there was a
4: big change in your life. What what was? Th- some of the lifestyle before to what God's doing right now?
5: The longest road of the crime wave. Okay, I was on the wrong side of the road, actually. And um, this is only the first time in my whole life that I have dedicated my life to God, uh, uh, volunteering, uh, being here, and just enjoying the new family that I have, have experienced because I have no family here. So this is, you guys right now, I love all of you guys. Every, every time I'm in, the, in these doors, through these doors, all I feel is love and uh, compassion. And you know, that is just, that's just, you know, I thank God, I'm, I'm grateful. I can't tell everybody how grateful I am and I never will stop. Because this has been the best part of my life. And um, I'm also doing the classes on Wednesday and I've already did 101 with uh, Pastor Trevor, and now I'm in 201 with Jerry and Cora. And um, I have grown quite quite ahead of what I used to be. Uh, there's been, uh, now because of my Jesus, doors are opening where they always stay closed. Walls were tumbling down where i never, because I had walls that I couldn't leap over. And so everything, ever since I, I started listening to God and listening to his, his messages that he put in my mind, I was more, I was more receiving. And now when I, and I hear things and I read things that I am supposed to learn for that day, because right now, I just live day by day in my walk with my Jesus.
4: Now, I know there's a lot of ministry opportunities here, but there's a couple that you're involved in here on campus, so what are those?
5: Uh, the ministries, I'm in with the, the kids ministries, and I do volunteer at the bookstore with Rihanna. But wait, there's more. <laughs>
4: God has uh, recently called you to to start something outside
5: of the campus. Oh yes. Yes. There is my three friends and four friends right now, JJ, John, SJ and Ben. We have now are going to form a group outside the church every Sunday after service and we can get all our foreheads together and maybe clarify everything that we've been learning and hearing here at the Vineyard Church. Isn't that good? Yeah. And I thank, I thank this whole community because without you guys and my God, I, would be not, I wouldn't be here. So because of you guys and my Jesus, I'm still alive. Amen.
2: Church, this is what it's about. This is what it's about. Seeing lives changed and transformed. I want more of that. I want more. So Holy Spirit, we pray for more stories like Rudy. We pray that your presence would come, that you would set the captives free. We praise you for that. We give you the glory and honor. We thank you for moving in Rudy's life as he represents so many more. So we say, come Holy Spirit. So uh, as we've talked about, we're gonna be ebbing and flowing into worship and we're gonna do a couple songs and then um, we're gonna have a couple more testimonies come up and then we're gonna have an open mic testimony. But as we do that, Jerry, who was just up there and his wife Cora are gonna be over on the wall over there. And so if God is putting something on your heart that it's like, I need to share this, I wanna ask you to go meet with Jerry and Cora and they're gonna kind of funnel you up here as, as we begin open mic in probably 10 minutes or so. And so let's go into the last couple worship songs. What's up? Can, can you guys stand up with me? And let's just celebrate what, what we've heard already and expect God to move even more in this place. Wow! Well, you can be seated. Um. Rays up. and this guy is on fire for God. It is just so exciting to see our, our youth catching fire. And so, Josiah, what is God doing
6: in your life right now? Okay, so two weeks ago, I went to youth group. I just thought it was going to be a normal day, this normal night, until worship turned on. And, um, for some reason, ever since I went to my camp, uh, winter camp, I always try to worship in the friend. And um, two weeks ago, all the joy and um, longing to worship kind of left me. I don't quite know why, but I just saw around me that everyone was being touched by God and was moved but, except for me. I didn't understand why but I kept having hearing this voice telling me to go to the back which I never really thought of because I always worship in the front but so I went to the back and this one song turned on and I just found myself on my knees just crying, singing the song as a prayer and after that I just, I've seen God break through in so many ways, and He answered my prayers. And it's also just been amazing. I've uh, joined the prayer team. And I've just also seen God give me strength, energy, and courage to go up and pray for people, and it's just been really awesome.
2: So So Holy Spirit, we just thank you for Josiah. And Lord, we we just ask that you would pour your spirit upon him like you're already doing. Draw him in. And Lord, we pray this over the youth too, that you would draw them in to your presence, that revival would start with our youth, Lord. And we pray that as Josiah is being set on fire, it would flood from our kids, our youth to us as adults. So Holy Spirit, we just release your presence over Josiah, the youth and all of us, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Josiah. Robin. So one of the greatest things, we, we started a 101, 201, 301, and Robin's gone through the whole thing and she's becoming a firecracker for the kingdom. That's the way that I see it. And so Robin, what is God doing in your life?
3: Oh, wow. Um, I've always heard God. I've always felt His presence, but now it's bam, It's it's powerful. It's I've no doubt that what I'm hearing is God and His will for me and His will for you.
2: Yeah. So amazing just how God is like speaking to you, right? Oh, yes. And you're just hearing and then you're being obedient. Yes. And so I I just, once again, we just release that obedience as she pursues you. Lord, I just pray that she become even more and more that firecracker for your kingdom. Yes. And Lord, we just thank you for moving in her life. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we go. This is so much fun, guys.
7: I'm Tara Montford, and I'm so blown away because this morning in my prayer time, God told me that I was going to share a testimony this morning, and I had no idea that they were doing this. <laughs> so, God, I just pray that what you want to say would come out. Um, I've been on a, a journey with depression last October um, had some major breakthrough and um, deliverance of hopelessness, but there's been like great periods of freedom and walking in that, walking out that deliverance and then it would come back again. In the last couple weeks, it's been really heavy. I don't know if any of you have um, experienced this, but it was so heavy that I, it was like I couldn't even pray. It was like the enemy was just um, keeping me in defeat, in despair, in depression. I would just burst into tears. And I didn't understand, Lord, how could I have the Holy Spirit and feel like this? And it was so intense, Um, Wednesday morning, But I was able to turn the worship music on. And I just decided to get down on my knees. And I wept. And I cried out for Jesus to heal me and to help me. And I played this devotional. And um, Psalm 1828 came on. And he said, the Lord has turned my darkness into light. and I was able to start praying in tongues again, and something just broke, and I literally felt a dark presence leave the room. And I was able to get up, and I felt different. I felt light. I felt peace where there was anxiety. I felt freedom. And I stood up, and I looked out the window, and there's this beam of light that just like covered me, and it was God's light. He turned my darkness into light, and I believe He wanted me to share that this morning because it gets confusing. How how can we live with the Holy Spirit and have this happen? And, and I want to say that dark powers and demonic powers are real, and I I had to pray and cancel every assignment every curse every agreement i made with the enemy in despair in defeat in depression that that was not of god i rejected that and i received his freedom and his healing and he did it and that can be for you too so god i just pray if anyone is struggling with depression god i thank you that you have overcome the darkness god would you cancel every assignment every curse that they've agreed with, that you would cancel that and throw that back to the pit of hell, that they would be able to walk in the freedom and the healing of your Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus. We say this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
2: Wow. Uh, Just wow. I I think I'm going to be saying wow a lot today, so just get ready for that. Hey guys, can we kind of move all closer to the stage up here? How's it going? I know, that's why I'm trying to make
8: it happen. Hello everybody, I'm Michael O'Malley. 17 years ago this month, I walked into this church broken and without direction. I came in with a bunch of men from the rescue mission, and I found a home here, I who I was and what I was and what God was all about. And I read in Genesis 1 27 where he made us in his image. And then I John 1, 1, said that the word is, is God. I found my image in there. I found who I was. I found in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, that his divine nature has given us all things that pertain to life and knowledge of this and the knowledge of him. And I devoted myself to the word. I'm not a reader. I, I I'm more dialectic with books than I am with anything else. But I stuck with it, and 17 years have gone by. I have a wonderful wife, a wonderful life. We just dedicated my grandbaby, number 11. Oh, so, if anybody in here has an inkling or a doubt that Christ works, come talk to me. Amen. I'm available. <laughs> Amen.
2: This is fun.
9: Yes, my name's Alan. I've been coming here. This month will be three months I've just started coming here. And this church has been the answer to literally decades of prayers. Uh, Ever since I can remember, I was felt called into children's ministry. And for whatever reason, I was always treated like I'm not good enough, I'm not qualified, whatever the excuses were. I prayed and I told God, I says, if I'm gonna make this 50 mile drive each way from Mountain Home to come to this church, he better give me a reason to come. I was fortunate or blessed enough to have Papa Joe see me sitting in the foyer The first week I was here, he asked me if I wanted to have the 25 cent tour. By the way, the check is still in the mail. (laughs) But he gave me the tour and got me connected with Jackie and Tammy with the children's ministry. Uh, That Monday after, I had already got the uh, email for getting the, the stuff. I guess you have to have in order to be a part of it. The following Sunday, they gave me the shirt. They said, you're in. This church has been such a blessing. I'm a ministry illusionist and balloon artist. And I've just been praying for the opportunities for God to use me to where I can serve and feel like I'm a part of something. This church is a blessing. I thank you all for it.
10: struggling and um, me and my husband met here at Celebrate Recovery 13 years ago and so we've been with the Vineyard for a long time but um, we had went to England and came back and I was really just lost and angry at God because I felt like he wasn't doing what I wanted him to do and after I had just done all these things for him and so um, I turned away from God and went back into some old behaviors and ended up getting a divorce uh, about two years ago and uh, I made some really poor choices and uh, I know a lot of you were praying for us and last year we got back together and got remarried
11: So grateful though for my wife. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful to God. You know, when when I when I'm wrong or when I you know when I mess up, when I feel hopeless and when I make mistakes, you know, he's faithful. You know, he's been faithful. I've been experiencing extreme hopelessness. And uh, it's it's so hard to, to come out of that, but he's still speaking to me and and he loves me and he and he uh recently reunited me with my son that i signed rights away like uh, 15 years ago and uh for anybody that's just in this hopeless place of like despair he's with you and he'll never leave you or forsake you so praise god
2: Guys, I feel like I feel like God says, "Welcome home, again. Welcome home."
6: Uh, my name is Lucy, and uh, at my family, Jack began to walk in England and
2: <laughs> there we go she's, she's going to be a preacher one day oh I'm becoming a wreck up here guys this is beautiful
12: my name is Laura and how beautiful it is to just I love to just sit back and experience God's love just witness God's love for his people and I just want to share something really quick we should be living a life of miracles we experience God's miracles every day but the latest one um, I want to share with you guys was on Wednesday night, night I received a call from a friend that I've been mentoring and she said my cousin is in the hospital right now They had to sedate him. He's in a life support. They don't know when he's going to wake up or he's even going to wake up and come out of it. So she put me on a three-way. We pray over the phone for this guy. And uh, after the prayer, she called me back and she said, they told me that he just woke up. So we're like, praise the Lord, right? The next morning, I was having to decide between coming to prayer or going to pray for him because they were meeting at the hospital. And so I texted the prayer group. We got an agreement and I said, we're gonna go pray for this God. I feel led by the spirit that I was supposed to go there. So we walked in and we started praying and worshiping. He was in the ER. They had a camera over his bed. There was a window in the room where they could see straight into his bed and what was happening. So we began to pray, we began to worship, we began to declare God's word over him because God's word does not return to his mouth empty, but it will do what he has sent it to do. So my words will do no good to him, but God's word, when we declare God's word, it does exactly what he has sent it to do. So we began to declare God's word and his vitals began to change. And normalize and everyone in the room was looking at it and then the doctors and the nurses began to look through the window and we started worshiping god then they uh, began to come around the room and you know the in the er the walls are glass well there was a curtain they began to come and say hey can we fix the curtain we didn't know what was wrong with the curtain but just said yeah sure and then we began to pray lord let every eye see that you are the healer that you are still alive that you're still in the business of miracles and there was such a thick presence of god in the room the monitor for the breathing i don't know anything about medicine other than scheduling where's josh and scheduling and all that but as far as medical anyway i was not even paying attention to the monitor i was just looking at the vitals someone said his breathing monitor turned from brown to blue if you're in the medical field you know what i'm talking about i don't know yet (laughs) anyway his he started to breathe on his own because he was on life support he had a tube we began to pray everybody started looking through that window and looking at what's happening, by the time we finished praying and worshiping, there were four people outside of the room. saying, we don't know what's happened. I just wanna read his last post. His name is Victor. And this is his last post that he posted yesterday. He says, these last three weeks have been the hardest, darkest days of my life. When I thought things were looking up, I get hit with something else. The last 6 days I have been it has been the hardest. I almost left my girls without a father. The most selfish decision I could make. I definitely should not be here right now. And from a medical standpoint, I shouldn't even be able to function and comprehend normally, but because of God, my family and friends I've been given a second chance to support my family has given me, has helped me to see that it, that this isn't all about me. I know my family wouldn't, would have been heartbroken, but I know my babies will have been hurt even more. This is my turning point in my life and I will do everything I can to make every day worth it i'm gonna do my best to be the best father i can for my girls and the best brother uncle son friend that i can be thanks to everyone who has stood by my side and just know that there is help out there don't be afraid to ask
2: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.
13: Hi, I'm Caitlin. Um, I just wanted to share a quick testimony of what God's been doing in my life for the past week. Um, I have been struggling with such intense Anxiety and depression to the point where there was like a constant burning feeling in my chest. And I felt like God didn't actually forgive me. And I've been going through all of this like striving and just struggling to believe that the cross was actually enough. And that like his blood was enough to completely cleanse me of everything. And so much shame and so much self-hatred to the point where I couldn't even take communion because I thought, this is the body and the blood of Jesus. How can I put this in my body if I'm not clean? But this past Sunday, um, Miss Judy came up to me after service, and she invited me to go um, to the River House service in the evening. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm not really connected into community yet, so I decided, yeah, I'll go. And you guys, God broke me that night, and he brought me to my knees because the service was surrounded around the church breaking a fast with communion. And I went up to the front at the end of the service, and I had this communion in my hands. And and the Lord just brought this picture to my mind of, of the bride of Christ and of me in a wedding dress, spotless and clean. And he said, and he just reminded me this um, this past Thursday that my name Caitlin means pure. That's what it means. And he said, Caitlin, every time I talk to you, I call you by your name. And we are the bride of Christ. And I'm just so thankful that my God loved me enough to reach into my mess and just wipe everything away and take all the shame and all the self-hatred because He loves and His love is so, so intense and we don't even know it. And I'm just, I'm so in love with Him and I'm just so thankful. All
2: right, we have one more.
14: Yeah, good morning church. Round of applause for all those testimonies. It hasn't been, that has been amazing. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name's Brandon Hummel. I've been coming to this church for a little over a year now and God's just done amazing things in my life. Um, I kind of grew up in church, uh, but at about at the age of 12, I, I really stepped out and started doing drugs, alcohol. and, and My life just went down that path. Um, and I wanna preface all this with about six months ago, God gave me a vision of this day right here, sharing this testimony. And I was so excited about it. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. And then he's like, but this is what you have to reveal. And I went, oh no, <laughs> right? And, but he gave me some scripture. So I'm gonna start with that and I'll try to be quick. Um, and I'm reading from Romans seven, uh, starting in verse 15. Um, And and this describes who I became, right? Like who I was, because I was so addicted to everything. And and, uh, Paul wrote this, and this is is how I was living. And and this was the nature of my being. And, And it starts in 15. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but is the sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do as good, but I can't carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do I do, and this I keep doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is the sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging more, against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? And that's where I live in that state. Just condemned. Right? And it drove me to a place where I tried to take my life twice. But God had other plans. He had other plans. And, and I didn't step away from that completely healed, right? Sin was still prevalent in my life. I was addicted to every drug imaginable. I used to shoot up three, four times a day. Sexual immorality was in my life. I was addicted to pornography. I even slept with I slept with everyone. I was addicted to sex. Sin was my life, and I had no hope. Paul goes on to say, thanks be the God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law and sin. But therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free, right? And I believed in God back then. I knew God, but I wasn't walking in faith. I needed to step out in that faith and ask God to set me free. And He has. And there's people here, and you're living in that, that moment, right? There's sin in your life. And I'm not here to condemn. I'm here to tell you there's hope. There's freedom in Christ Jesus. Thanks be to God.
2: So when we hear testimonies, I know my faith has increased and my expectation for more grows. But this morning, what's our response to hearing it? So actually, I I want to invite some of the ones that I'll I'll be calling you out, but Tara, are you still in here? I guess. Um, If somebody can get Tara, I really feel like God wants to release depression over people. He's here to set the captives free and part of that is depression. And so if she's not in here, uh, we have others that can pray, but I I wanna ask you, if you're dealing with depression, I I wanna ask you to come forward and respond to God. God's here to see you set free. So if that's you, I wanna just ask you to come over here and, and allow us to pray over you. There's others in here that have been stuck in chains that you just can't get rid of, whether it be sin, whether it be addictions, Today's a day where we respond to that. I wanna see chains broken. One of my dreams that I ask God is, is is I wanna hear the chains that wrap people, I wanna hear them clinging as they hit the ground. And so today's a day where God wants to set you free. And the other key word was welcome home. If if that resonated with you, please come up here. That's the one where God just grabbed me. And so I wanna pray over you. We're gonna have some ministry time and um, sing a song. and, And after this, you'll be released, but will you guys stand up with me? And if there's anything else you need prayer for, please come forward.
15: Turned born into dancing So God's moving in the room this morning, so we don't want to rush that. But we do want to just say, if you need to go this morning, you're free to go. We're going to just continue to worship. Um, There's still going to be opportunity for prayer. If you need to respond this morning, don't hesitate. Uh, This is your moment to come and let the Lord minister to you through one of our team members. And uh, if you do need to go today, uh, go make the invisible God visible. God bless you. We love you. Let's continue to press in this morning.
0: Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.